Live from the Coachella Valley, time for another hour of the desert scene. Art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater, big screen, little screen, and very little screen. This is the Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And we are back on the Culture Corner, and we're now joined by Lori Loftus, who's got a lot to tell us about. There's a lot, some excitement coming up. The one-year anniversary at the shops on San Pablo, and fireworks and all kinds of stuff. Hi, Lori. How are you? I am fabulous. How are you doing today? Good, good, good. So tell us a little bit. Of, we got a whole bunch of stuff going on. So you're celebrating your one-year anniversary. So tell us about this, uh, this, all of this celebration. It's a little bit crazy to think about me opening up in the middle of COVID on the 4th of July. But, you know, mm-hmm. the Palm Desert City does this fabulous fireworks show. And the, the San Pablo Corridor is the perfect site to watch it. So, you know, when it was COVID and I had a 5,500 square foot showroom, I really could be open. So I got an air sanitizing system and I have clean air and abided by all the COVID laws and until about November, but we have a small fashion house of fun here because there's Mm -hmm. a Steinway in the lobby area and we do fashion shows and all kinds of great things. And the local people have, they don't all know about me. So you giving me this opportunity to talk to your listeners is fabulous. So that corner spot where musicians outlet used to be Mm -hmm. is now the shops on San Pablo. And it's plural because I brought Venus fashion boutique over here and then i have seven other little shops within the shops of san uh shops of san pablo so sheila simone was at orange county fashion week she has her boutique here she's actually been invited to the paris fashion week so southern california is going international known for their fashion so i tried to bring my fashions from venus which were kind of geared for 40 and above for all body styles from two size two to 22 over here. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted to, there to be a mix. So anybody from teenagers to grandmothers, great grandmothers can find a look that's going to make them look fabulous. So we have all these vendors in here with all different kinds of styles and you can mix and match and have a fun day just playing with them. And I do know a lot of musicians in this town who have supported me. And when there was no place for them to play, they would come in here and we'd have very small socially distanced gatherings. Mm -hmm. But they're supporting me now and they're going to come by on the 4th of July. I mean, we're talking Johnny and Teresa Mesa, uh, Patrice Morris, Keisha D, Mark Antonelli, Tim Burleson. Darcy Daniels, Jessica Taylor. I mean, these are big acts and they're great friends and they've been supportive and they're going to come and just jam with us throughout the day. They'll have a, um, we'll have a mix of all our vendors here doing fashion shows at one and four o'clock. And then at five o'clock, I hope people jot this down. The shops on San Pablo.com. We're having a $500 shopping spree giveaway and we'll announce the winner at five o'clock. So if you can find our website, go on there. It talks about that $500 shopping spree. We're trying to spread the word through social media. So the more you share it, the more opportunities you have to win that. We'll announce that at five. And then um, from six to nine, we have Babaloo's, which also opened up during during COVID. They're Mm going to bring a bar over here. They have a catering license for a bar. So they'll open up a bar. We'll have our parking lot set up for viewing the fireworks. So we're going to have like a tailgate party and just 
have fun like we do in the fashion house of fun here on the Shopton Town Buffalo. Wow, that's ex- all very exciting. Yeah, and all of I, I know all of those sing. I'm a singer too, and all of those people are my friends. Uh, Darcy Dunn, very good friends. Keisha, Darcy, I know all of them. Jessica Taylor, they're all fabulous. Um, sure. And and uh, let's see, fireworks VIP tailgate party. Now, uh, so you will be able to see. Well, you'll you'll be able to see the Palm Desert, the official Palm Desert fireworks from there. Yes. Absolutely. There are three blocks. So when they shoot up, our parking lot is the best vantage point ever to watch that fireworks show. So you can stay inside in the nice air conditioning with wonderful, playful people and try on new clothes. We have a medical esthetician in here. So try on new clothes, makeup, you know, have fun just like girls like to do. I do have a small section for men. We don't want to leave our guys out. But the guys have so much fun seeing the women in the great clothes and enjoying the great entertainment that it is a new shopping experience like no one's ever you know everybody comes in there and goes, oh my gosh i've never seen anything like this before i said yeah i'm kind of thinking out of the box <laughs> <laughs> that's what i have to come, i have to come check it out I've, i mean i've been i was to, at the the venus the old the venus location but i haven't been there since yeah. you changed over to this shops on san pablo this sounds exciting now so how has it um what has it evolved the way that you anticipated when you first started out or is it or is it bigger bigger and better well i was originally courting some girlfriends of mine that are also boutique owners in this valley whose names i shall not mention at this point but um there was going to be four of us in the original business plan to come in here because we go to a lot of pop-ups together and Mm -hmm. we do modeling shows at different restaurants around town so we all we knew we could play nice in the sandbox together but when covid hit it sort of changed things and then november i was like i have to do something and the city's not doing anything to promote this this street that they put Mm -hmm. in here you know their hands were tied i get it but i did i did a street fair at that time and i called all the vendors from cod because they didn't have a place to to, you know i'm like they're sitting on all their merchandise so i did give us the opportunity and i had it outdoor you know street fair for thanksgiving you know break and i will probably do that traditionally every year is and hopefully the city will do it with me i can't do all the promotion for for this block but i'm gonna try (laughs) because it is it's supposed to be the fun block you know we have great fashions and and it's it's not as expensive as el paseo it's more targeted for everybody i gotta tell you I did have a group, a grandmother, daughter, and granddaughter in here, and they had the best time dressing each other up. And one of the girls sang, so I got her up there, and she got to sing, sing for the family. And it's just, that's the kind of stuff that just magically happens here. It's fabulous. Yeah, that is great. So it's fabulous. My, yeah. This sounds, you must be exhausted. This sounds like you know a 14-hour day, seven-day-a-week job <laughs> to keep this running. Well, you do know I'm Lindy BG's daughter, well, so, so I have this passion in me that just drives me. I thought COVID, I'd slow down. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, to energize your bunny, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. How, yeah. How, how is how is Lindy, by the way? I haven't seen her in so long. How's she doing? She's doing fabulous. She'll be here on the 4th of July if you want to see her. And she's getting a little bit more involved with loving all animals again. So they'll be hosting spaghetti no balls in november and then i'm actually doing their new year's day event with fashions and stuff they're having a pajama party on new year's day so she's you know kind of freed up a little bit but she trust me she's got her fingers plotting a few things we don't
don't know which way they'll go, but we'll definitely let you know when we start getting involved in more crazy projects for this community. Oh, that's great. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to have to pop in. My, my birthday is July 5th, so uh, the yeah. 5th, 4th has always Darling. been really exciting for you. So I'm going to have to pop in. I mean, this, this just you, sounds great. Please, please, please do. So it's every Thursday night. From four to six thirty, we have open mics. So okay. we, you know, bring your tracks. Um, you know, uh, on occasional Sundays, I'll have a, a piano player in here so we can sing with them. Sundays okay. are fun days around here. We spin the wheel and give prizes with purchases. But for the summertime, I want everyone to know our hours will be changing. We'll be Wednesday through Sunday from 9.30 in the morning till 3.30 in the afternoon. And that will freeze up from 3.30 on mm-hmm. for you to book a private party in here. If your girlfriends are coming into town, a wedding party, we could do makeovers for them. We have some people that are doing mixers that will do that with us. And then we'll do our regular event every Thursday night. But it does leave us open because the center, the center Iowa, we had a chamber mixer in here. Mm-hmm. Without even changing the furniture around, we'll mm-hmm. hold about 40 people. So it's a really great way to celebrate your birthday or uh, bridal showers or divorce parties. I call them single celebrations to get your new look and ready for your new life. And a lot of us are starting a new life right now, and I'd love to help you find your style to do it in. Yeah, I was going to ask you how big. So it seats about 40 people if you were going to have some event like that? If you're going to sit down and want them to all be in, in front of a table, yes, a table seating is about 40, but it's a 5,500-square-foot venue, so wow. there's plenty of room. Yeah. yeah, I have two runways, so it kind of go, wraps around the seating area in the center, and then and then the vendors have their, their areas to the right and the left, so it's it's. It's fun. If you go on to the, our new website, the shopsonsanpablo.com, there's actually a 3D virtual tour, which, you know, everything's changing. But it kind of gives you an idea of the layout and the expansiveness of, of this tiny boutique, which is not so tiny. So t- tell us again a little bit about uh, the, the, the kinds of fashion you have there. Do you have a little bit of everything? I have a little bit of everything. So Sheila Simone is resort wear, sexy, goddess-type clothes, really nice fabrics. I really think a cosmetic surgeon should sponsor her fashion shows because if you have a rocking body, you are going to love her stuff. But she has stuff for normal girls like me. Um, And then, of course, I'm always trying to get things for us ladies who happen to go up and down and wait all the time. Mm -hmm. And so they can adapt for you. And, you know, there's wonderful blingy stuff for entertainers. Marisa Nicole is my partner in crime over here. She's an entertainer, international designer of dolls, and she used to be part of the Home Shopping Network. Wow. So, boy, does she have her finger on blingy stuff. I call it the treasure trove for entertainers, and I keep it up by the piano, and everybody's like, it's summertime. You need to move that stuff to the back. I said, oh, no, 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 no. Entertainers love yeah. this stuff, and it needs to be by the piano. So it's up front, but I have my springy stuff, my patriotic stuff. Uh, LZ Girls is another local designer here, and she's originally Brazilian, so she's gone to Brazil, and she has them manufacturing these beautiful crocheted dresses and open-air pants, and she also does vintage alterations and you know so really fun stuff and then i have another new lady coming in on the first who does all the specially couture designing specifically for quinceaneras so i you know i'm trying to get everybody in their own lane and myself i have over 40 different designers in my side so i'm going collecting from local and i told i have some beautiful things at very affordable prices 
but they're you know they're designed in the United States or Canada, and they're importing them from places that we are trying to get away from importing. So mm-hmm. I've told my people, I was like, you know what, I'm going to start buying only California. Within mm-hmm. two years, I really want to represent the California designers and manufacturers. So I do have some great stuff from Paris and things now that I really love. But if I could get to being this community spot and representing that great talent of the designers here that's where mm-hmm. i'd like to be wow and two, two i'm going to follow up on two things you said bling i need because i sing i need some more blingy stuff so i'm gonna have to come check that out and the other thing is <laughs> the other thing is i have found um and i'm sure there's other women have found this um you know when you go to a store a lot of stores these regular stores these days you know it seems like there's a lot of stuff for you know 20 somethings or then there's really conservative stuff if you're 80 and i'm neither of those things and to find something you know if you're over 50 but you still want to look glamorous and exciting and little, it's hard to find sometimes so you I have to get stuff online, but it sounds like you've got some stuff I need to check out. Girlfriend. I mean, it's so funny because I never really thought of myself as fashion person, but I've always, like, everybody's, you never wear the same thing twice. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't. Well, I'm my mother's daughter. I get it. I can help you dress, and it will be very unique and expressive to express your style. I'm kind of an empath, so I try to get to know you a little bit, and then when I go to market, I'm buying for you, so that's yeah, dangerous. <laughs> uh, La- well, dangerous indeed. Lori Loftus, thank you so much. Check this guy out. The Fourth of July party, one year anniversary. The shops on San Pablo. Doors open nine to nine. Resort and Swan Rear fashion show. Five hundred dollars shopping spree contest. Uh, fireworks entertainment. I mean, this sounds just really fabulous. Thank you so much for being here. I'm gonna be. I'm checking it out. I will be there. No, no doubt. Absolutely. I love it. And happy birthday to you. And. I hope to see you on the 4th, and thank you so much for sharing me with your listeners. You're most welcome. Listen, stay cool out there, and take care, and I'll see you on the 4th. All right. Awesome. Looking forward to it. I'll make you sing a song. Okay. Lori Loftus. All right, we'll be back with much more in the Culture Corner. The curtain rises on local and regional arts and entertainment. From music to theater, films to fine art, It's the Culture Corner. Get connected. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. So I finally got to see In the Heights, and I and I wanted to get perspective on the controversy and the praise for it. So I saw it, and just full disclosure, I'm... If you haven't seen my photo, you'll see that I am a fairly lighter skin Latino brown man. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think I would count as white for a lot of people. Just to be clear, there are like white Latinos and white Hispanic people. Everybody's there's different shades of everybody, yeah. Yeah, of course. And so. I, while I do consider myself a person of color, I also invited someone along to see the movie who is a darker skin Afro Latino. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, like I was, I've been seeing this person for like a, a, a while now, and I barely found out they were Afro Latino. I was like, oh, like, I guess I really am colorblind when it comes to dating. Oh well, because I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. And so we went to go see In the Heights, and. I said to him, you know, the show is really good. I've just always had issues with how they cast it sometimes because they would have a woman that they call La Abuela. And it's always, and, and this is going to sound problematic to some people, but I always get kind of 
bothered a little bit if they cast like an older woman who doesn't speak Spanish well. Like I always feel like that character speaks Spanish and she puts Spanish in her songs. And if the Spanish doesn't sound right or it doesn't sound like a woman that immigrated here, I mm-hmm. kind of don't buy into it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a difference between Spanish that a person learns from hearing from what like let's say you learn an accent like you get trained to do an accent versus some versus someone watching a bunch of youtube videos and imitating it i've seen the production of it where the woman where a woman wouldn't know how to play that role and Mm -hmm. i've also seen productions of it where they got white actors to play roles that were dominican and they're supposed to be black dominican so Mm -hmm. i said to him you know no matter what this movie's got it no matter what the controversy is before i go into this movie i'm going to at least sit here and be comfortable with the fact that at least it's all latino mm-hmm. no matter who no matter what part it is it's all latino as opposed to like productions where they don't put in that much of an effort yeah. and they just think we're going to cast like this random person in it who can't even speak the Spanish parts well mm-hmm. or sing it well. And because the audience for it is mostly non-Spanish speaking, they just assume that, well, they don't know Spanish. So, so it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. But it's like, but they're also not considering like me or my family. Mm-hmm. When we watch that show, we'll, we'll, we'll know that yeah. they can't speak Spanish. So yeah. I saw it and I got to say, you got to see it, Bonnie. It's, okay. a, it's a really good movie. Okay. I liked it. I thought the performances were great. The directing was very solid, especially from John Cho, who he's even admitted that he didn't even know there was such a thing as black uh, Latino individuals. Mm -hmm. Like he was not even sure about that. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that in hindsight, the conversation about the lack of dark skin Latino Afro Latinos in the movie, you know, that that conversation is happening but I, I'm I'm happy with the movie I saw, and I asked Leo because um, um, the person I was with I asked him you know like so you know does the lack of representation because he is a dark skin Afro Latino mm-hmm. and he said to me you know I still thought it was a great movie I mean sure they you know it doesn't hurt that they might they could have cast maybe a darker uh, they could have give more opportunities to the darker skin mm-hmm. individuals but they still got a great movie out of it i still cried you know and like i and we've we came to the conclusion that there's always opportunity for growth but it's but it's a step forward and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's okay to be just happy with that and sometimes things like the progress is slow and sometimes yeah baby steps are better than no steps yeah and i gotta say it it's a very solid movie and i I'm, i'm curious to see how west side story will do because West Side Story, if anything, I understand the criticisms of it more. Because like when I go back and watch the original movie, I have to kind of ex- I have to kind of accept that Natalie Wood is doing brown face because you know obviously she's playing mm-hmm. a brown skinned girl in that movie, and she's a white woman. So mm-hmm. like I have to kind of accept it as what it is. That's what they did in those days. Well, yeah, yeah. and yeah. and I and I accept it, but also because if I don't like that movie. I'm on. I'm also going to miss out on George Shakiris and Rita Moreno, who mm-hmm. are Latina. I mean, and it's, and it's, it's great. I mean, the original West Side Story was a terrific movie. Yeah, yeah. and they're remaking yeah. it with an actual Latino cast for the uh, for. The, there's going to be an actual Latina girl to play uh, Maria. Maria. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see that. And to be honest, even people who saw the original movie, they never thought Natalie Wood was like the perfect Maria mm-hmm. in hindsight because she her voice was dubbed by well, I was going to say she wasn't her singing either <laughs> so yeah yeah so like even 
even her um even her accent needed some work but mm-hmm. i actually love that movie looking back at it and you know what if in two, if in 2021 we get an actual latino play maria and we get actual latinos to play the characters in, in the heights i'm okay with that for now and my the person i was with who's afro latino he can't speak for everybody and mm-hmm. i can't speak for everyone in the latino community mm-hmm. but the fact that these movies are happening yeah. makes me feel a certain way it rejuvenates my feeling because I love musicals and mm-hmm, so me too. for me to see like Latino people in musicals it means a lot to me even if it's not perfect even if not yeah. everyone's invited sadly because there's always going to be that door that opens so everyone can come in hopefully yeah exactly and so again progress is slow but progress is progress even if it's slower than we like at least it's a step forward so True. that's good and go watch in the heights if you haven't seen it please support it because it is considered a box office disappointment so raise up that money all right okay we're gonna be back with my buddy yo youngers to tell us about the miss firecracker contest at desert rose in just a bit on the culture corner Listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Live from the desert cities of Southern California, here's Brian and Bonnie. And we're back in the Culture Corner. We're now joined by my buddy, Yo Younger, who is uh, in the cast of the Miss Firecracker Contest at Desert Rose Playhouse, the first show in their brand new renovated location. Hey, Yo, how are you? Hey, Bonnie. So, nice how, how's it going so far? Best. Well, uh, we've had two shows, um, and um, it seems to get more solid each night. You know, um, this whole thing has been quite a labor of love, not Mm -hmm. only for the cast, but, you know, being the first uh, production in the new Desert Rose Playhouse space. Mm -hmm. And there's just been so much to do, and Robbie Wayne and Matthew are just amazing. They've done so much, and... um, Anyway, so what do you want to know? Yeah, they, they, I know, I've seen all their Facebook posts. Well, I saw it a, a month or a month ago, two months ago, when they were, I mean, so much work. I mean, that was a huge job, and they're still kind of putting little finishing touches on it correctly, correct at this point? Yes, uh huh. So, I mean, how, 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 do you know how big the actual space is? That's a big space. Well, it actually holds 300 people. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, but I think right now, you know, because of COVID restrictions and yeah. and stuff, it's uh, we're only allowed to seat 120. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, everything is spaced out pretty well. And um, there's high tops and regular seats. And yeah. Um, and anyway, there, but you saw it. You saw it, right? And there's a, bu- there's a, there's a bar. I mean, there's, this is such a cool space. It really oh, is. Yeah. is. Yeah, it's like big bar. You can get anything you want to drink uh, before the show, intermission, after mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like a you know a social kind of bar that you can kind of hang out in a little bit afterwards if you know people and mm-hmm. yeah, love it. So tell us about tell us about the show. You know, I've I don't I know the a title of the show. I mean, I've seen the title. I don't know uh, way back when Holly Hunter was in it. I think, but I don't know that much about the story. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, it is about um, a small, small town country uh, family um, 
it centers around uh, the main character of Carnell, which is played by Felicia Mason, who does okay. a fabulous job. Okay. And she, you know, was had a very dysfunctional childhood, and she was sent to live with me and my brother, her cousins, and our mother, which is was her aunt. Okay. And we all lived together for a while. The mother was had some abusive problems and um you know we all suffered from it Mm -hmm. and uh the premise of the play is is me her cousin showing up for an unexpected visit um and there's drama behind that Mm -hmm. um and then my brother shows up unexpectedly so we sort of throw a little dent you know into her plan because she wants to enter the miss firecracker contest which my character had entered um, about 15, 16 years. I don't know how many years, but mm-hmm. quite a few years back and, and had won mm-hmm. the title. And so she wants to be like me and, you know, show her worth and, mm-hmm. and win this contest. And we're all doubtful, you know, because we don't think she has what it takes. Mm. Okay, so yeah, lots yeah. of dysfunction, family drama, tension. Yeah, I can see that. And uh, so, but it, it's funny. It is a. It, it's a. I'd say it's a dra- dramedy, but it's mm-hmm. you know there's there's drama in it, but it's it's mostly a comedy and some very very funny parts. <laughs> okay, and Beth Henley. I mean, Beth Henley. She did Crimes of the Heart. I mean, she that's kind of her her thing. I mean, she does stuff that's very funny, but also has drama in it as well. Yeah. Right, right. And uh, so Robbie Wayne is in the cast and directed. That's a tough thing to do. I've always wondered about that's got to be a tough thing to do. Oh, yeah. It was, <laughs> it's tough because you're wearing, you know, he's got producer, director, and actor hat. Yeah, yeah. You know, all going on at the same time. But he he's done an amazing job, and um, I love acting with him. It's, I, we have such good chemistry as brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, uh, Felicia Mason is in it. Um, Rebecca Rodriguez, Christine Michelle, and John Core are also in the cast. And I don't know any of them. So, to, are, are there any of those new to the desert, or, or would I have seen them in anything? Um, John Core is new. This is, um, I believe, his first production in the desert. Mm-hmm. Christine and Rebecca have both uh, worked at Palm Canyon, Desert mm-hmm. Theater Works. Okay. They, they, they've done quite a quite a bit out here. But first time for me to work with it, with either of them. Okay. But Felicia and I worked together a lot, so that was that's mm-hmm. been wonderful. So tell us tell us about um I mean I, I you know I and you know I've said this many times and I I believe it. Um Yo Younger is and I've worked with Yo. Yo's a friend. We've known each other for years. We've done several shows together which was great fun. I think you are one of the 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 best certainly dramatic actresses in the desert by far by far um uh what is your what is your thank you bonnie well it's i think it's the truth i wouldn't say it if i didn't think that um what is your um approach i mean how do you when you get in when you're cast in a a new play i mean everyone has their own kind of little things that they do what what, how do you what's your if you had to describe your philosophy of acting when you get a new part um how do you approach it normally or is it different every time well, that's probably one of the hardest questions to ask an actor. <laughs> and But it's a very good question. Um, I don't know. If, you know, I've been doing it for so long that 
each time I notice my process changes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be an actress that just, you know, immediately started thinking, okay, backstory, what, yeah. what, you know, all the details, what's happened in my life, yeah. you know, to bring me to this point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, that is a big part of, of my work. And then I have to just put myself, imagine if this was me in this character's circumstances as opposed to playing another person. Mm. Okay. And then that way I can bring my own, you know, touch to it, which I think makes every actor's performance, like, you know, Meryl Streep could play a role and Nicole Kidman could play the same role. They're going to be very different performances because they're very different people. Right, right. So that's that's my main approach, you know, is using, you know, my myself, my life experience, but then, you know, transforming it into the character and then adding all those little things in. Mm-hmm. And what I know, uh, I'm a stage actress too. What what is your? Everyone has their own little tricks. Do you have a particular uh, trick for memorizing lines? I know some people record, t- take a tape recorder and record all the lines on a tape recorder and just listen to it for hours and hours. And so. some people take, you know, they'll take one line and do it, I'll memorize that, and go with build and the next, the next, the next. And of course, running lines with another human being is always helpful. But do you uh, do you have any special tricks for memorizing, especially a lot of lines? Uh, Well, um, for me, memorizing is like I I'm an actress that has to be blocked Mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. You know, once I get my blocking and I'm holding my script, then when I go back, I know where I'm moving and then Mm -hmm. I can start to put the script down and it just Mm -hmm. sort of flows because, you know, but then I have to. After I've been blocked, then I have to sort of just sit down and just kind of go over it each day, line mm-hmm. by line, and mm-hmm. then I'll add a couple more lines. Right. And, but you know, I I think the main thing about memorization is is the more you you rehearse, yeah. it, it just sort sure. of is there. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes sort of organic. What What about um, uh, styles of directors? I know we've all worked with many different directors. Some directors are very, very hands-on and, you know, my, sort of micromanaging. Others are, all right, here's my general idea, and lets the actor kind of do their thing. And if, if, that, if that works, great. If that doesn't work, well, let's try this. Do you have a particular favorite type, style of act, uh, director to work with? Um, hmm. I mean, I've worked with both you know, both mm-hmm. types. Um, I, you know, I, I guess I would answer that as I kind of like a little bit of each, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I do like to be blocked. You know, I, I don't want to have to figure that out. Like, yeah, like I want the director to say, okay, move here, move here. Right. And, and go there. Right. And then let me explore, you know, the character so I like having a little freedom to, to find my own things, but yet if I'm not delivering what they envision, I I really want them to tell me. Right. You know, tell me what you want. Right. Right. You know. So that's me. 
Okay. I'm sure every actor is different, but yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, um, have you ever? And you can, sh- if you have a story to share, that's great. Ever been in a s- situation where you know you just froze up in the middle of a in a scene, <laughs> or or somebody else froze up in the middle of a scene? Well, actually, you, I've worked with you where I froze up in the middle of a scene. But uh, do you have a story you want to share about that kind of thing? Oh God, I I have so many. Um, <laughs> I okay, I'll I'll share one. Um, okay. I don't know if you were in, I know you did Shattered Ceilings mm-hmm. at one point, point. Yeah. and I did it. I don't know if you were in the version I did. No, I don't think so. We were not in the same, yeah, same thing. But I was, yeah. I was playing Betty Ford, mm-hmm. and it was a series of monologues, and I had, it was about a four-page solid monologue. Wow, and I just that's a lot. Yeah. Behind a podium. Yeah. And, you know, doing doing fine da di da and then you know there was one night and i just i i don't know what happened i reached a moment and it was like i have no idea what to say (laughs) i and i'm like and everybody's looking at me and i'm betty ford yeah oh dear so i thought should i walk off the stage yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i don't know but somehow Somehow, something mustered up and, and it came back. I found it. Yeah. Oh, that was one. Of, that was probably the most frightening moment in my entire career. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That it is terrifying. <laughs> it is terrifying. I've had it happen a couple of times. Yeah. It's right. And one was. Um, one was. Uh, what was Mr. Horn? Yeah, Mr. Horn. I just stopped in the middle, and I think I remember you saying to somebody, "Did she have a stroke? <laughs> what oh, happened?" Oh, that, that's right. Yeah. Said, Did Bonnie have a stroke? <laughs> Because, yeah, I just completely lost and luckily came back. All right, I want to get this in before we run out of time. The Miss Firecracker Contest at the new, brand new location, Desert Rose Playhouse, which is 611 South Palm Canyon Drive, that curve there where Zelda's used to be, uh, directed by Robbie Wayne, uh, Yo Younger, Felicia Mason, Robbie Wayne, Rebecca Rodriguez, Christy Michelle, John Cor. Uh, it opened this past Wednesday, uh, ten, uh, uh tonight, 8 o'clock, Saturday, 8 o'clock, Sunday, 2 p.m., and the same thing for next weekend, correct? Uh, well, yes, and also next week we have a Wednesday and a Thursday show at 7 p.m. Okay, great. Excellent. So this coming week, so tonight, 8 p.m., tomorrow, 8 p.m., Wednesday and Thursday, 7, Sunday, 2 p.m., the Miss Firecracker Contest. If you haven't, you got it. I can't wait to see the actual, actual finished uh, space, Desert Rose. Like I saw it, I saw it a, about a month ago. It was still, it looked great, but they still had things to do. But um, it's such a wonderful space, and I'm so happy that, uh, that, Desert Rose is now there and congratulations to Robbie and uh, Matthew because I know they have worked their buns off to get this whole thing up and running they they deserve an honor an honorable award yeah what's uh, do you have a phone number or website I don't see it on here real quick for tickets yes yes tickets uh, 760-202-3000 okay or you can go to www.desertroseplayhouse.org and get your tickets there. Super. All right, go check out Yo and the Miss Firecracker Contest, Desert Rose. Thank you, Break a Lake tonight. Thank you for being here. You're always fabulous to talk to. Thank you, Bonnie. You too. All right, Miss Yo Younger. All right, we'll be back with more on Culture Court in just a bit. You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Here are Bonnie and Brian. 
the Island Express Helicopters uh, Incorporated. Now, you might not know the name of that um, company, but you know it's most it's very famous infamous worst accident yeah Yeah. uh it was infamous for being the the company that had the helicopter that oh pretty much kill that killed kobe uh, Kobe bryant and his daughter daughter. some other people yeah yeah so they finally reached a settlement they haven't made any statement of how much but they have finally agreed vanessa bryant and other families of the victims have finally agreed Mm -hmm. to just sort of let things uh, mm-hmm. Go and just settle, and mm-hmm. I think that that at this point is for the best, yeah. honestly. Yeah, because I can't imagine that happening, and then not only, not only your husband, but your daughter, your daughters, yeah, your daughter, and having to deal with that, and then uh, it's a it was a tragedy, yeah. and I honestly think that it's good that they're settling, and I'm glad, and it's also good on the company for settling too. It's mm-hmm. not just on the family, mm-hmm. but on mm-hmm. both sides. So I'm very happy they came to an agreement. Yeah, yeah. And finally, Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford actually injured himself <laughs> filming Indiana Jones 5. He actually sustained a shoulder injury during rehearsal. He is 78 years old, so if anybody's curious about how old mm-hmm. he is, but he sustained an injury while rehearsing a fight scene and they will be pro- they will continue production until he gets better. It's mm-hmm. just that they're going to film the scenes around him. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, for Harrison Ford being seventy-eight years old to still do these types of roles, that yeah, that that that's kind of impressive, and it's not uh, not that surprising that he would get injured <laughs> at that age in a fight scene. Yeah, certainly not. Uh, cer- yeah. Uh, certainly, like I think that it, it's I praise him for legitimately trying to still play this role. Like I still think maybe three Indiana Jones movies were fine. Like I. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not sure. It was a great character, and I love Harrison Ford, but I'm not sure we need a lot more Indiana Jones movies. No, no, I agree with you on that. And I think the first movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark, if someone were to tell me, like, what are some of your favorite movies of all time, I would say Raiders of the Lost Ark is one of them, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the second one, which is still great, the third one, I, I liked it. The fourth one, mm, fourth <laughs> one had aliens in it, and I wasn't entirely sure about it. Like, I always thought they were ridiculous to begin with, but... yeah. <laughs> Yeah, adding aliens into the mix, yeah. It just seems a little off. It sounds like they were stretching, trying to find <laughs> something else to put in there, yeah. Did you ever, if you ever, if you remember the fourth movie, it was famous for having a part where Indi- Indiana survived a nuclear explosion inside a refrigerator. Uh, no, I didn't see that. No, I think I saw the first two. First two, Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark and Temple yeah. of Doom. Yeah. But, you know, fun fact about Temple of Doom is that that movie's violence was so... Bi- controversial at the time because mm-hmm. it was a PG movie mm-hmm. that it actually led to the PG-13 rating having to exist because of how violent that movie I was. I did not know that. Along with Gremlins because mm. both movies were not super violent mm. but they were too violent for G mm-hmm. and so they were Gremlins was yeah it was a little creepy that was kind of a weird sort of little bit of creepy movie. Yeah. Oh yeah and yeah. I think the scenes that were questionable were like in Indiana Jones the, the second movie they had a part where somebody gets their heart pulled out. One of the villains pulls out a heart. And so looking back at it, it was yeah. pretty gruesome for a yeah. PG movie. And also with Gremlins, Gremlins was, well, if you remember that movie, they literally had a scene where one of the Gremlins exploded inside of a microwave. And yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember that being being a little bit disturbed by that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> looking back at no. it. So the PG-13 rating existing it, you got to give those two movies credit for that mm, one. Okay. But also, final, and 
I think this will be our final story for the day, but Sesame Street finally decided to break another barrier by featuring two gay fathers for the first time in their 51-year history. They released an episode called, if I'm not mistaken, Family Day. So they have an episode where the characters on Sesame Street, including the puppets, invite their families over and they see the different types of families, including single parents, uh big bird with his grandmother and different types of families and they Mm -hmm. finally decided to include a gay family for once and i gotta say i'm not surprised that they finally did it because it's one of those things where they've always been groundbreaking on that end yeah i mean yeah i yeah i it's something that i think they had to do at some point and it's just it just reminds me we've talked about this before but i'm i am just really gratified to see in television commercials these days, so many diversified families. You know, you see men together, women together. You see interracial marriages, interracial children. And I think that's fabulous. I really do. And, you know, it's funny you say that because, like, I was watching FX the other day. I was watching Pose, and there was a commercial where they had two dads in it. And it just, I, I don't know how silly this sounds, but sometimes, like, I watch those commercials, and I'm always worried that they don't make it clear enough. But they did. Mm-hmm. They're sleeping in the bed together, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's normal. So I mm-hmm. watched another commercial with a straight couple and it was very similar. Like I mm-hmm. thought, um, I, I, I sometimes have find myself being cynical saying, oh, but they'll never have the gay couple kissing each other. Good night. Mm-hmm. And but then I watched the commercial with the straight couple and they don't do that either. Mm-hmm. So I was I was kind of thinking to myself, OK, things are getting more normal. And Whoopi Goldberg said it's never enough until it's normal. Yeah. yeah and I just <coughs> excuse me. I think it's one of the things I like about it, <clears throat> excuse me, is that it, they don't seem to, they're not making a big deal of it. It just seems normal. Okay, here's this interracial couple, you know, the woman's African-American, the man's white, the child's or this, I mean, it just seems normal. And I like that. I really like that. And I also like, I like those commercials where they show different families. So like there'll be commercials where like they'll have like a person talking to their one family and then they'll cut to another family and then they'll cut to another mm-hmm. family like i think coca-cola had that exact commercial mm-hmm. where they had like a gay family and all these different types of families or amazon mm-hmm. and like their corporations of course but like the fact is that it's nice to see commercials that are normal so like for me when i see sesame street doing this mm-hmm. it's very important and sesame street has tackled divorce and different types of families in the past so it's nice to see that they put in the research to finally accept the fact that I think kids can handle seeing two dads or two moms on TV. Considering that Sesame Street, you know, they they try really hard to just be really informative and try to show children how the world works. And so I like to say that it's more telling about somebody when they sexualize a, a relationship between two men and two women. So when I, whenever I had a friend say, well, I don't know if I feel comfortable because, you know, the kids are too young for that. And then I asked him, but your child watches Disney movies and a lot of them feature men and women kissing. So what would be the problem if you see a, a non-kissing gay couple on TV? Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like it's more telling about a person's mentality when they oppose it mm-hmm. for that reason. And rather than the show itself, like the show just wanted to have a family and I think that's beautiful mm-hmm. and I love mm-hmm. that and you know what kudos to Sesame Street for doing this yes I'm good good for them and the other thing is I mean I just go back to this all the time it sounds I mean I know it's repetitive but here's the thing I don't care 
what someone else does in their bedroom. And you, you can love whoever you want. It's, it doesn't affect my life. And it doesn't affect anybody else's life either. So they really have no business telling anybody else what they should do, who, who's it, who they should love. Just period, end of story. That's no, my two cents. No, I agree. And you know what? doesn't matter what happens in anyone's be- uh, bedroom. But you know what? It doesn't. But you don't have to be repulsed by it, of course. Yeah, of just course. I mean, you know, it's you do what you stay out of. You know, keep your nose out of other people's business. Mind your own business. Do your own thing, and we can all get along. And accept and love others, of yeah, course. Yeah, exactly. All right, thank you so much to all of our great guests today. Um, uh, stay, stay cool, stay safe. Oh, by the way. We're uh, holiday programming next week. The week after that, we'll be on Saturdays. Back to Saturdays, 10 to 10 to noon. Of course, and we'll, we'll see you there.